Blog Talk Radio. My question is, why would it take this long for Republican senators and Republican congressmen and Republican governors and state reps and state senators, why would it take you this long to figure out that Donald Trump shouldn't be president? If you've, made, if you've made a career of idolizing Ronald Reagan, then where were you when your party's nominee for president was kissing up to Vladimir Putin, the former KGB officer? I, I, you, know, you, you, you used to criticize me for even talking to the Russians. Now suddenly you're okay with your nominee having a bromance if you come from a family of immigrants, like almost everybody here does unless you're Native American, where were you when your party's nominee for president called immigrants criminals? and rapists. If you're a Republican official or leader out there and you've run for office on family values, family values, why wouldn't you walk away from him months ago when you heard your nominee for president call women pigs and dogs and slobs and grade them not for their character or their intellect, but on a scale of one to ten? You don't have to be a husband or father to stand up for women. You don't have to have a disability to say it's wrong to mock somebody with a disability. You don't have to be a Muslim to stand up for our fellow citizens who are just as patriotic as we are. You just have to be a decent person and you just have to love this country. Good evening. Good evening and welcome to the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. 929-477-2867. We are going to cover the topics of the last two weeks. One being the the murder of 17 students in Florida. And the horrific response by the NRA. It took them a few days. And I guarantee you they gathered to get their talking points together and get their point people out there. Dana Loesch, Kingston, Matt Slap, all of them. Shameless Republicans. NRA prostitutes. Yes, the blood is on the hands of the NRA. And I hashtag is the NRA stupid. Period. And they've been running the show 
for far too long in this country. They are beyond a lobbyist group. They are now and have been for over a decade merchants of death. It concerns me the tepid, and I call it tepid because you don't worry about what they'll say when you go after them. If you're going after them, go after them. Don't half-ass it. And uh, with the problems that we've had um, here at Blog Talk Radio with our communications, the technical problems of listening and hearing, there's no one in my chat room to tell me whether or not I can be heard. (laughs) But let me soldier on. The response of the young adults, the teenagers, the pre-vote group that has come from the murder of 17 in the high school with an AR-15, of course, the old weapon of choice. And some of the cynicals might say, sure, it's a huge story because somebody white went into a white high school and shot up white children. I don't see it like that. I see it like this, that these are young people who are sick and tired. This was the 19th, 19th school shooting this year. And we're only in February. The month of February is not over. This is the 19th school shooting. And they're fed up. Like I said, it took the NRA a few days before they responded. It took the president at least a day and a half, two days, before he responded. And then he's re-responded with with a level of stupidity, a, a level of ignorance that can only, you know, I can't. I, I can't even say. I can't even mention how or who it rivals. This ignorance is just flat out ignorant. And like I said, um, there's no one in the chat room to let me know whether or not I can be heard. So I'm assuming I can be heard since we've had this. We've had this problem with uh, technical difficulties and the sound at Blog Talk Radio, and I missed last week. And now I'm, I am feeling a little better, but let's see just how this goes. The response by 
This administration leaves a lot to be desired. It only makes you sit back and think and wonder just how disconnected has the Republican Party become? How just willing to follow a lying coward down the rabbit hole? Evan- evangelicals, failures. Sane Republican politician, failures. Your leader has led you astray. And you followed him. You followed him like a fool. I have a few clips I want to play for you with a few stories dealing with this um, dealing with this school shooter. You know, they were I'm to show you how it goes. They were rich, they were they were on top of it to tell you that um, the armed guard at the school didn't enter the building. He didn't confront the armed AR-15 toting, wheeling, outgunning your ass. He didn't stand in the line of fire and get gunned down. And they basically excoriated him. Scott Peterson, I believe is his name. His own sheriff, his own chief, had very, very disparaging remarks to say about him. And then came Donald Trump. Mr. Five Deferment, Cadet Bonespurs, coward at the nerve to say something about this police officer who didn't enter the building. He took up a post outside the building. Well, here's what's so remarkable about that. This wasn't the only police officer that didn't enter the building. There were four Broward County Sheriff's deputies, four who did not enter the building either. Now, Exactly who? Who has the scale of first responders who don't want to sacrifice their lives outgun situation? They rail about the signs and the warnings missed. But This is where and how these students should have come out and addressed this entire scenario. The NRA and the Republican Party should be demonized and vilified until they get the message. 
I've also noticed that um, corporations have begun to abandon the NRA. Two major airlines, cybersecurity firm, six car rental agencies, a home security system, Omaha Bank companies have scrambled to cut ties with the National Rifle Association. How in the hell can members of the NRA look in a mirror and say, I'm a card-carrying NRA member? I I firmly believe that the blood is on the hands of the NRA. The blood is definitely on the hands of the NRA, and it um, there's no mincing words. There's no picking exactly which one. Here's the difference. And let me point this difference out. The youngsters came out protesting and marching and walking out of class and doing all of that, and they're simply saying, you have to do something. You have to change the rules. Whereas the NRA came out, name-calling, threatening, they threatened the politicians that anyone changing their vote would receive less than a desirable grade from the NRA. Now, that was an all-out threat. And for me, that would have drawn the line. It's all right to be an asshole, but don't be an obvious asshole. To me, it's just... It's just other ways, inconceivable. 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 Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. To me, it's inconceivable how they are led around by their nose. And Marco Rubio, for me, Marco Rubio gets the best award. He gets the best award because he bullshitted a whole auditorium of people. When asked about the 3.3 million that the NRA has contributed to his campaign, you had one Republican prostitute mouthpiece say, you have to remember that that's over 10 years. No, you ain't got to remember that. All you got to remember is he's taken $3.3 million from the NRA. And then when when questioned about it, Marco Rubio says he can't help it if they buy into his agenda. He totally turned it around. 
and nobody called BS on it, then your agenda and their agenda are the same. Your agenda is different from the agenda of the American people, the majority of the American people. Marco Rubio's agenda sucks. And instead of these young people coming out saying, that's it, we're voting out Republicans with ties to the NRA. You will not get the millennial vote. And I don't blame them because they are not they're not used to this. They don't see themselves as being in a war. They don't see themselves as having a a life stake in this. All they see themselves is wanting a change. Just a simple change. And I'm very critical of the impudence of that change. You see, they're not going to get a damn thing because then they're not asking for a damn thing. If guns were regulated as cars, they should have title and tag at each point of sale. There should be gun training. There should be a written test, practical tests, health requirements, liability insurance for each gun, renewal and inspections at intervals. It's that simple. It's that if that's what you should that's what these young people should have demanded. That's what they should have demanded. Regulate guns as if they were cars. But no chance. Not even close. And what is this clown president saying? He was going to talk to the Department of Justice about bump stocks. Department of Justice can't do a damn thing about bump stocks. There has to be legislation. Period. So now you have Donald Trump BSing, gaslighting the public again. And of course, CPAC had their little affair. And they literally attacked the hell out of the, the kids. They were all of a sudden being prodded on by George Soros. They were the Soros groups, liberals, socialists. They called them liberals, socialists. They even, at the podium 
uh, Lafayette and, and Dana Lose even mentioned uh, what's the group um, Antifa. Well, none of this is none of that is true. You see, they don't have a problem lying about any and everything. It's the lies that go unchecked that bothered me. There needs to be an explanation. And I want you to listen to this clip because it underlines exactly what I'm saying about the NRA and the people in this country. Ride with Jack, a 13-year-old boy from Virginia who just got his braces off and usually spends Saturday morning playing basketball with his friends. But he's also a young actor. And today, we hired him to help us make a point. We asked him to take a drive around town. With his mother, of course, since he's not nearly old enough to drive a car. We pass shops where he isn't old enough to work the register. Then we stop at the convenience store to see Jack try to buy beer. The cashier can't believe he even tried. At the next store, Jack tries to buy cigarettes with no luck. Later, he strikes out trying to buy Racy Magazine. All right, okay, thank you. And then lottery tickets. Can I get a couple of scratch-offs? How old are you? You have your ID? 13. You what? I'm 13. You can't get no scratch-off, baby. Okay. All right, thank you. It's laughable to everyone here. The idea that we'd ever expose a 13-year-old to the dangers of a lottery ticket. But then we arrive here at the gun show. It should shoot pretty good for you. I'll take it. Within minutes, the 13-year-old easily and legally bought a 22 caliber rifle from a private seller and walked away with it. It took a 13-year-old less than three minutes to buy and walk out of the shop with a shotgun. 13 years old. He can't buy cigarettes. He can't buy alcohol. He can't buy lottery tickets. He can't operate a register. But he can buy a shotgun. Let that sink in. And while that's sinking in. More thought on uh, Donald Trump. You are physically repulsive, <laughs> intellectually retarded, you're morally reprehensible, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. You know, you're not even interesting enough to make me sick. Well... <laughs> Why don't she tell us how she really feels about Donald Trump? That's one of the best uh, Trump insults that I've found um, as I uh, wasn't even looking for it. <laughs> wasn't even looking for it. But there you have it. This is a constant in this country. This nation is no longer number one. No longer number one in the world. He has isolated this nation. And we'll get into how and why 
this president has chose to isolate this country after he destroys, I mean literally destroys and tears down the scaffolding of government that we've come to know. He will simply complete his mission. But we have um, Dudley Do-Right, Bob Mueller. He's basically our only salvation. I want to play this now because I think it's so important. And I'm going to play it later on. I want to play that later on, too, because, like I said, I believe it's so important. If you have a level of not just ignorance, of incompetence, you see what pisses me off more than the cowardly Democrats is the inability for them to seize the opportunity. This man has been in the White House for over a year, and for over a year, if Democrats had any kahunas, that's balls for you of you who don't know. They would be accusing this president of treason, period. Treason because... He has 130 people without security clearances operating in the White House, handling classified information. Wasn't that the knock on Hillary? Wasn't that the knock that she can't be trusted in handling classified information? And what does he do? He comes out. And he shatters the entire thing, the the entire notion. Don't question us. We're in charge. We're going to run this like Russia. This is going to be the our own take on Russia. No collusion. Everybody says it. No collusion. After a while, you have to come to understand the complete failure, the utter failure of the media. The utter failure of the media. And I call it the utter failure of the media simply because this man has told so many lies so often that no one will basically say he's untrustworthy. They all chomp at the bit. They all they're all like they're like they're like groupies waiting with bated breath as to the next thing he'll say because now he holds the title of president. Journalism has gone out of the window. The media, they aren't the only failures. There's more failures. And I don't want you to be surprised. We just had um, 
Billy Graham pass. And everybody rallies, rest in peace, blah, blah. And I'm like this. I was always told, if you can't say something good about the dead, don't say anything. So I'm simply going to say, good, he's dead. That's all I can say. Billy Graham. And when he died, I was, I happened to be watching the news, and it was breaking news. And then all of the accolades, all of the accolades began to roll in about how many presidents he, I don't know, he ministered. And the one thing I know that Billy Graham did, he raised a bigot. He raised a racist bigot. And he wasn't too clean himself on the bigotry side. Franklin Graham is a pure bigot. Pure bigot. He wasn't born a bigot. He was carefully taught. And I'll say it, and I'll continue to say it, and it's funny because it's a song. 1941 South Pacific. You have to be taught to hate and fear. You have to be drummed in your dear little ear. You have to be taught to be afraid of people whose eyes are oddly made and people who are of a different shade. You have to be carefully taught. You have to be taught before it's too late, before you are six or seven or eight, to hate all the people your relatives hate, you have to be carefully taught. And that's what Billy Graham did. He taught hatred. He taught bigotry to his offspring. And thus, they grew to be he grew to be a bigot. But the failures of so-called responsible, respectable, respectable politicians is not walking down the halls of failure alone. 929-477-2867. These people also bear a huge responsibility because it exposes them as hypocrites, liars, and fake, fake. All right, we have an update now on our top story. Donald Trump is doubling down on his defense of the White House aides aide who resigned this week amid allegations of abuse. Just moments ago, Trump tweeted, people's lives are being shattered and destroyed by a mere allegation. Some are true and some are false. Some are old and some are new. There is no recovery for someone falsely accused. Life and career are gone. Is there no such thing any longer as due process? Join me now to discuss our religious freedom activist, Frank Schaefer, author of Letter to Lucy, a manifesto of creative redemption in the age 
coverage of Trump fascism and lies. And back with me, Masha Gessen and Karine Jean-Pierre. Uh, Frank, I'll get your reaction. We already saw Donald Trump's defense of Roy Moore uh, saying he denied it. So therefore, you know, there we go. Um, he said Steve Wynn, who's been multiply accused of abuse, uh, of sexual um, harassment, denied it. So we have to give him a chance. What do you make of the fact that he's now doubling down on his support for his former aide, Rob Porter? Well, you know, it, it's weird this happens in the very week that he was at a prayer breakfast with a bunch of evangelicals. And I just want to remind people that the idea of justice and love and compassion rests in this Christian idea of metanoia, which means change of mind and repentance. And to repent, you have to admit what you have done and take the consequences and change your life. And since Trump has never admitted that he is a serial abuser of women, who, by the way, could not get a security clearance from the FBI if he was hired as a dishwasher in the White House because of his public proclamations and bragging on abuse and brutality toward women. A point to note, by the way. Of course he's going to double down, because if he doesn't, he's pointing the finger right at himself. And yep. since he is unwilling to repent, he is unwilling to change, he is unwilling to tell the truth, and he is surrounded by sycophant, lickspittle Republicans from Sarah Huckabee on down who have made a profession now of defending the indefensible, as if there were people in the White House defending these coaches who abused women in a serial molestation. That's where we're at. That's who the president is. So, of course, he will double down. And, and you know, Frank, it, it's interesting. People on, on social media are, are comparing this to when he said there were good people on both sides in the Charlottesville um, riots that resulted in the death of a young woman. I, I go back and you think about the fact that Donald Trump has bragged about walking in on teenage girls while they were naked and said he can do it because he owns the pageant. This is somebody who bragged about grabbing women by their genitalia. He supported Roger Ailes. Uh, who was m multiply accused of sexual harassment. Uh, on their side was, of course, Bill O'Reilly, accused of the same thing. He keeps wanting to give the benefit of the doubt uh, to men who are accused of abuse. The Roy Moore allegations involved children. Um, how is it that this person is still considered? There are uh, evangelicals who are saying God made him president. Uh, there was a piece in Politico that talked about that. How is it that there is no separation from these kinds of men and the evangelical community? And keeping in mind that, you know, Rob Porter is a Mormon. He is not an evangelical on that end of the evangelical spectrum. But these are men who are being touted as religious men. Yeah, I mean, you know, Joy, I, I know you've described yourself as a church girl sometimes, and you know my father was a famous evangelist. And, you know, I've written about this in Letter to Lucy in terms of my own journey away from this right-wing tradition toward a tradition of beauty and acceptance. But I just want to point something out. Speaking as someone who knows something about Christianity, if you take the God of the Bible seriously, if God had wanted to send a test to American evangelicals, especially the white evangelical supporters of Trump, that would test their faithfulness, nothing could have shown them up to have failed more than this lust for power that goes along with anything. Trump, the molester, and the person now who attacks our security agencies. And by the way, speaking as a proud father of a U.S. Marine, that doesn't sit well with me. Porter, an abuser of women. Kelly, someone who has become a serial liar and shown himself in many cases to be a racist in the way he's talked about a black woman uh, who's in government. Roy Moore, a pedophile who these same evangelicals swung behind this is just too much. It's like something out of the Old Testament where the people of God have been tested to see whether they will bow down before something that is false like the golden calf. And they have failed. White evangelical America, make no mistake now, as the solid bedrock supporters of molesters, of pedophiles, of these sorts of folks have switched sides. And they are no longer representing anything that is 
could be called moral by the traditions of any religion. And in terms of a Bible prophecy type story, these folks are now on the side of everyone that ever stood against justice and for evil. That's where we're at. There is yeah. no way to parse this or make nice about it. And, and at the same time, Masha, the other piece of it, and I'm glad that you were able to say to talk about it, you have this marrying. All right, remember when we told you about that leaked NSA memo that confirmed a company that keeps voter rolls in many states, including three swing states, was successfully hacked prior to the 2016 election? This confirms what Obama said in his final White House press conference, where he confirmed that the Russian government was attempting to influence our presidential election and potentially penetrate our electoral infrastructure. But now the full extent of the hack is becoming more clear, with a total of at least 39 states reporting that there were hacking attempts originating in Russia. Let me repeat that so it sinks in. The Russians tried to hack the election in 39 states, at least. According to Bloomberg Politics, quote, such operations need not change votes to be effective. In fact, the Obama administration believed that the Russians were possibly preparing to delete voter registration information or slow vote tallying in order to undermine confidence in the election. That effort went far beyond the carefully timed release of private communications by individuals and parties. Wait, what? They were preparing to delete voter registration information? That means these hackers could pick and choose who could vote in 39 states. And they also think the Trump campaign was coordinating with the Russians while they were doing it. Check it out. Quote, the new details buttressed by a classified national security agency document recently disclosed by The Intercept show the scope of alleged hacking that federal investigators are scrutinizing as they look into whether Trump campaign officials may have colluded in the efforts. And they ain't done yet. The FBI director that Trump fired for investigating his ties to Russia said, quote, they're coming after America. They will be back. This ain't hypothetical, people. It's happening. The Russian government hacked the American election to deliver electoral victory to Trump. And Trump was in on it. Look, Putin picked Trump because it's good for Russia, not because he's going to make America great. And if our president was picked by some other country's dear leader, then that makes the guy sitting in the Oval Office an illegitimate traitor in chief. And if Russian government agents interfered illegally in our election to decide the outcome, whether by spending enormous sums of money or directly hacking the boat, then that election is illegitimate because of fraud, whether or not Trump knew what the hell was going on or not. And if the election is illegitimate due to fraud, there are court cases in this country where the results of fraudulent elections are overturned. And there are two potential outcomes if that's the case. Here's a quote from Mark V. Stinson, a 1994 circuit court case that was upheld by the United States Supreme Court. Quote, accordingly, where there is substantial wrongdoing in an election, courts have frequently declined to allow the apparent winner to exercise the delegated power. Based on that finding, the district court issued a preliminary injunction which enjoined the candidate who participated in the conspiracy from exercising any of the authority of the office. The effect of the preliminary injunction was to require the decertification of the candidate previously declared to be the winner and the certification of his opponent. Meaning, if Trump was in on the fraud, then he can be retroactively disqualified as a candidate and then the runner-up is declared the winner. So Secretary Clinton might be packing her bags to move into the White House. Alternatively, if the legitimate winner of the election can't be determined, then a revote is held for that election, meaning we could be voting for president in 2018 or sooner. Check out the court cases. 
The precedent is there for us to do this. And you heard it here first. I'm Ryan Clayton. This is Content News. Come back daily for the news where we're free to share the truth. And that's the clip that I hope to fit in a couple of times in this broadcast. Because it's becoming clearer and clearer that this wasn't just uh, a Russian intelligence operation. It was a, a successful Russian intelligence operation. Uh, and they're still here. And they're still here. Last week on Facebook, I saw where there was a post about Elizabeth Warren not being um, being shown not to have any um, Native American blood and the vitriol that came with that post. And it occurred to me that, wait a minute, out of all this going on, out of all the things that you do and that's being done, now you want to throw salt on another, another progressive Democrat. They already took down one Democrat, Al Franken with the help of uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. You see, that was a Russian operation, too. Believe it or not, that was a Russian operation also. And Democrats fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Another clear reason, just to be pissed off <laughs> just to be pissed off at Democrats one of the things that I read and I use that term loosely <laughs> during the during the quick uh, week was by Thomas Friedman of the New York Times. Thomas Friedman issued what is called, and he called it, a code red. And this code red was spot on. Here it is. For the last year, for the first year plus of Trump's presidency, we, we've seen him uh, violate the norms of, of what we think of proper conduct for a president. Um, massive amounts of lying and misleading st statements, uh, endless tweeting, uh, ridiculous childish behavior. We see him violate norms of a president. When, when the president of the United States, in the face of public warnings by his three intelligence chiefs, tell us our democratic system is being attacked by a foreign power, when he doesn't respond to that, uh, that is not violating norms anymore. That's violating his oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution. And that's why I call it Code Red. Chris, people are worried about our country. This is America. Our country is at stake. Our president is a disturbed person, and he's behaving in ways that are simply inexplicable, uh, that tell you that he is either compromised 
uh, because the Russians have been funding his company in ways that uh, he's, he would find embarrassing if publicly disclosed. That's why he hasn't shown us his tax returns. Or he's compromised because of maybe behavior he engaged in while in Moscow. Or he is simply a towering fool. Um, who is ignoring the advice of his intelligence chiefs being made in public. And when his national security advisor is over in Germany um, at a conference, rather than summoning him home to lead a response to Russia, he rebukes him for not properly uh, you know, supporting the fact that th th these things didn't tip the election. I I'm not saying they did tip the election. I have no idea what the impact is, uh, one way or another. What is unacceptable is that this behavior continues and he is not responding. He is not leading a response. That is not the, a presidential. Uh, that's deeply disturbing behavior. Chris, we are the world, okay? Uh, and I, I say it with no arrogance. That is, you know, we, we have been the foundation of the global liberal order. If America doesn't lead, uh, I promise you, your, your kids won't grow up in a world where China will lead, where Russia will lead. They'll grow up in a world where nobody will lead. That's the code read by... Thomas Friedman of the New York Times. And he's right. <laughs> he's right. But in, in a way, you have to sit back and you have to sit back and say to yourself, good. They're getting what they deserve. America is getting what it deserves. Absolutely getting what it deserves. The oligarchs of the NRA are running the show. Power-hungry Republicans are in charge. You've got a reality TV show host as president. What could go wrong? And I got to tell everybody, it will come to a head because it's coming to a head. You know, one of the things they like to say is that um, Manifer and um, Jared, they're working for free. No, they're not. They, they weren't. Manifer was not working for free. Let me tell you why. Paul Manafort owed $8 million to a Russian oligarch slash mobster, a very dangerous Russian. And the bill was coming due. He had no way to pay it, so what did he do? He got Mr. Stupid to hire him as his campaign manager. Then he went to Russia and peddled influence through Clown Boy. What's his name? Um, what's the goofy guy's name with uh, Carter Page? <laughs> Clown Boy Carter Page has... Um, was the conduit. Clown Boy Carter Page was the go-between. That's why Manifest 
was not working for free. He was working off his debt with influence. He was influencing the Trump administration to drop the sanctions. And right now, Trump won't enact the sanctions that was voted on by over 500 members of Congress, House and Senate, 500. He's decided we don't need those sanctions. Well, first of all, he's violating law. He's violating the law, and the Democrats are silent. This is how Manafort and Jared, don't forget now, old son-in-law, his 6-6 building is billion dollars in debt, and it's coming due. The 6-6-6 boy His bill is coming due. So, this is the boy who was trying to set up back channels for the Russians. Uh, Basically cutting out our intelligence agencies so he could speak to the Russians without consequences. And no one else would know what he was saying to the Russians. It's coming, it's being very clear now, very clear of how and why this was going on. Manifer, as well as Jared, are basically trying to hit up the Russian oligarchs to launder money and they are peddling influence. And this influence will work off their debt. Manifer should go to jail for the rest of his life. Because whatever deal he look, is looking to cut should come with a steep, steep price. A very steep price because He is the one who has rendered this nation, this country, to a standstill. When you get right down to it, you have to look at influence peddling. Follow the money. Subpoena the president's tax returns and follow the money. Void Donald Trump. His election was illegal. He was helped by foreign entities. It should be decertified. Period. He's an illegitimate traitor. And I do mean traitor. No mincing words, none of that. The man is a traitor. 
greatness? Oh, hell no. There's no, no American greatness. Absolutely not. You want the truth? Alan Doyle is a disgusting piece of trash. A relic. A man like many other white men who have had a free run at prosperity and opportunity. For whom discrimination and injustice are as foreign to them as the Muslim immigrants that they want to ban from our country. And now that they don't have a free run, they're lashing out. To be honest, I can't believe it took him explicitly expressing his racism for you all to start asking these damn questions. He ends every speech with, dare to be great again. Huh? What? Should we return to slavery? Jim Crow? In today's America, my gay friends can get married. In today's America, I can vote. Fifty years ago in Hollis Doyle's lifetime, that wasn't the case. In today's America, my parents don't have to recruit a white couple who worked alongside them in the cereal plant to apply for a mortgage because banks wouldn't lend to folks with brown skin. In today's America, we have the Brandon Bill, which means I may not have to tell my future son that he could be murdered by law enforcement just for asking why he was pulled over. Black lives do matter. Because young black people are under attack. Immigrants, too. The fact that Doyle insists on saying all lives matter when talking about this movement really pisses me off. It's like walking up into someone else's funeral and screaming, Why are you not crying for my daddy? He's dead, too. Well, yes, he is. And that is sad. But that is not the topic of the conversation. Go stand over there and let the adults talk. Hollis Doyle is a thug. A punk. And the people who support him are thugs or punks, or they condone his behavior. They're not Americans. The idea that this country belongs to one kind of person is the least American idea that anyone has ever had. In fact, it is the opposite of the ideals of this nation. Nothing needs to be restored. Nothing needs to be made great again. We are a better nation than we were 20 years ago, than we were 50 years ago, than we were 100 years ago. Then we were at our founding. That is the point of America. We are a country where we are always greater than our past. I am proud to live in a nation where a black man has a legitimate shot at the White House. That's American greatness. That in and of itself, that clip in and of itself, just take the name out of Papa Pope and insert Donald Trump, and it's the same is true. The same is true. Character, absolutely. He's a character. He's a running piece of crap. And as a president, he's a joke. It always is. It'll always be the Republicans. Regardless. Regardless of how you feel about Democrats. When I speak about the lesser of two evils, those last few clips basically sums it up. These people can't be trusted. They can't be believed. You can't even count on them. <laughs> one of the one of the funniest I told you so moments came 
when the um, in the the RNC guy, his name is Ian somebody someone Ian. He said the only reason that uh, Michael Steele they became head of the RNC was because he was black. And this kind of pissed Michael Steele off. Well, what are you pissed off about? You know who these people are. You know who these people have been. And but for your, but for your irrational kissing, the mere fact that you know, you know you can't go home. You sit in a burning building, and yet you refuse to walk out the front door. And when you do that... Do men ever stop being stupid? Do men ever stop being stupid? That's just stupid. Coming up at the top of the hour, as a matter of fact. It is the top of the hour. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It would be funny if it weren't so pathetic. No matter what, know your value. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real, raw, right now. The I Declare Show. Real, raw, right now, talk media. I Declare. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I Declare. It's real, raw, and right now. The I Declare Show with India Declare. Well, it's about that time. <laughs> it is about that time to uh, to pause for the cause. And I'll, while I'm gone in my absence, nature is screaming. Since the election, we have created 2.4 million new jobs. Congratulations, President Trump. That happens to be the worst job creation since 2010. After years and years of wage stagnation, we are finally seeing rising wages. Well, over the last year, after adjusting for inflation, the average worker in America saw a wage increase of, are you ready for this? Four cents an hour. But wait, it gets worse. Over the last quarter, average workers saw their real earnings actually go down by $8 a week. The stock market has smashed one record after another, gaining $8 trillion and more in value. Great news for Americans. 401k, retirement, pension, and college savings accounts. Yeah, that's great for Trump and the top 10% of Americans who own most stocks. But the rest of America is still waiting for that to trickle down. Our massive tax cuts provide tremendous relief for the middle class and small business. 
83% of the benefits in the tax bill go to the top 1%, and it also raises taxes on 92 million middle-class families by the end of the decade. That's great for the Koch brothers and their billionaire friends, not so great for the middle-class and working families. We slashed the business tax rate from 35% all the way down to 21%, so American companies can compete and win against anyone else in the world. These changes alone are estimated to increase average family income by more than $4,000. $4,000? The only economists who believe that work for Donald Trump. Since we passed tax cuts, roughly 3 million workers have already gotten tax cut bonuses, many of them thousands and thousands of dollars per worker. Well, what he forgets to mention is that only 2% of Americans report receiving a raise or a bonus because of this tax bill, while companies like Harley-Davidson, Pfizer, Walmart, AT&T, General Electric, Carrier, and Comcast have laid off tens of thousands of workers. America has also finally turned the page on decades of unfair trade deals that sacrificed our prosperity and shipped away our companies, our jobs, and our wealth. Trump's own Labor Department has certified that over 100,000 American workers have lost their jobs due to outsourcing or unfair trade competition since Trump was elected. Meanwhile, our trade deficit with China and Mexico has gone up by tens of billions of dollars under Trump. Many car companies are now building and expanding plants in the United States, something we haven't seen for decades. Since Trump took office, we have lost 5,200 jobs in auto manufacturing, and nearly 300,000 fewer cars have been sold in the United States. One of my greatest priorities is to reduce the price of prescription drugs. Trump has done absolutely nothing to stand up to the greed of the pharmaceutical industry, and millions of Americans are paying the price. He just appointed Alex Aza, a former executive of the Eli Lilly Company, who tripled the price of insulin to head up the Department of Health and Human Services. Tonight, I'm calling on Congress to produce a bill that generates at least $1.5 trillion for the new infrastructure investment that our country so desperately the reality is that Trump wants to sell our nation's highways, bridges, and other vital infrastructure to Wall Street, wealthy campaign contributors, even foreign governments. And only $200 billion of that $1.5 trillion would come from the federal government. The rest of that money will likely come from American commuters and homeowners through outrageous tolls and sky-high fees. To everyone still recovering in Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, everywhere. We are with you, we love you, and we always will pull through together. Always. At least a third of Puerto Rico still lacks electricity months after the hurricane, and FEMA is planning to end food and water aid as it transitions to a new phase of recovery. That is a disgrace. We have ended the war on American energy, and we have ended the war on beautiful, clean The idea of clean coal is an oxymoron. That's a talking point created by the fossil fuel industry to prevent us from moving to clean energy. Well, there you have it. One of the things that this man has been able to do is lie to his rubes, intimidate and back off the press 
intimidate and back off Democrats. And then anytime someone challenges what he says, he simply doesn't respond or he responds with fake news, fake news. It's fake news. You get there by any means necessary. He gets there because no one will stand up and challenge him. Literally stand up and challenge him over and over again. He is a serial liar. And at some point, somebody's got to stand up and challenge this man because if you don't, it'll all be for naught. If you don't stand up and challenge him, whatever he says, whatever he does. And he believes that he's nullified the findings of any of the Mueller investigation. But Bob Mueller, you see, when it got too, when it got too overwhelming, when Republicans were obviously winning the PR war on the FBI, what did Mueller do? He dropped a bunch of indictments on Russians. <laughs> now, as they say, you know, you don't ever expect to see not one of these indicted Russians in a U.S. court. But here's the thing. You won't see them in places like England, France, Germany, because we have uh, treaties with these countries, and they can be arrested right there. The Democrats must stand up and call for his resignation for not enforcing the laws of the United States. Call for his resignation for not protecting top secrets of the United States. He refuses, refuses to follow the law. And they should beat that drum until he either quits or he's simply driven out of office. They should be beating that drum at the courts to disqualify him as a presidential candidate because of foreign interference. So go to whatever means is necessary with these folks. You have to go to it. You have to become aware that this is not just this is not just me saying this or hoping this or opinionating on this. His help by Russia is overwhelming. The clues 
the information, all of the evidence is pointing to a level of influence peddling, a level, a level of profiteering by his family. And I believe Mueller's going to take them down one by one. I would say about this time next month, we're going to have more indictments. And sometime in early summer, he'll come for it because he'll be able to. He'll have all the ducks in a row. If Manafort doesn't flip on him, he'll go to jail for the rest of his life. The rest of his life. Pardon him. Then he'll be prosecuted at state level. And he has no pardon there. And if that's the ball game he wants to play, let him play. Let him play the pardon card. You accept the pardon is a basic plea of guilt. And if they ask you to allocute, if they ask you to come and tell the truth, you either tell the truth or clear another charge for perjury. And that's what you got to look out for. That's what we have to look out for. That appears to be our only hope. People are saying he he can win in 2020. I don't think so. At this point, I don't think so. It must be a crusade against Republicans and a crusade against the NRA, a crusade against the corporations, the oligarchs, the Russian mob. The Republicans like Paul Ryan and the people of that ilk vote them out. They anticipate a blue wave. Hey, they anticipated Hillary winning before the dirty tricks came in. What is enough? How much evidence do we need? How much, what do they call it? Consciousness of guilt. Can we see before our very eyes, before we say to ourselves, this son of a bitch is a traitor, just straight up traitor. Republicans will never say that. That's their man. He's their traitor. And all of these holier-than-thou Republicans, America first Republicans, are guilty. Devin Nunes should be jailed, locked up for obstruction of justice, along with Grassley, Senator Grassley and Grant, for the attempted smears of those um, 
fraudulent bad intelligence agencies. Yes, the FBI, fraudulent and bad. And you have to understand that you cannot separate yourself. You want to be a little hypocrite or you want to be a big hypocrite. You're a hypocrite, you're a hypocrite. 929-477-2867 is the number that I can be reached on if you simply want to Let's say push back, push back just a little. And I'm surprised this man still has a job, but he does. Some of the lies that show up on the internet are dangerous. It's our job to set the record straight. The list of falsehoods from the president is growing. He keeps repeating ridiculous throwaway lines that are not true at all and sort of avoiding this issue of Russia as, as if we're some kind of fools for asking the question. Really? Every American should at least, no matter what your politics, please at least be interested in the fact that the Russians are trying to hijack our democracy. It's too much lying and too much Russia and too much smoke. The accusation is predicated on the charge that Secretary Clinton approved the sale. She did not. He blamed Hillary Clinton for creating the birther conspiracy theory. She did not. Judge Andrew Napolitano commented on the morning show Fox and Friends that he has sources who say British intelligence was involved in surveillance at Trump Tower. Fox News knows of no evidence of any kind. Where are the parents? Well, you know, I've not been on the phone with them. But if we want to sit here and indict the civil rights community and indict the parents, because we don't know who's fault it is. They're able to say, oh, they're attacking the national anthem. They're attacking, they're attacking the troops. They're attacking the flag. None of which they're doing. How much longer do you think that uh, being anti-gay rights is going to be something that's a conservative principle? Again, these are the facts. We do not have an outbreak of Ebola in the United States. BP had more safety violations than all of the other oil companies in the country combined times 10. And then they stand in front of us, call us litigious, and act as if we've done something bad, that horrible man. And now you're going to turn around and blame the government? Congress, you cannot have it both ways. You cannot first say, we're not going to make you limit the bonuses, and now say, limit the bonuses. The Republicans have been screaming about deficits for eight years are suddenly trying to add a spasive amount to the deficit. It's comical. I'm an American, and I don't want my government torturing on my behalf. I don't give a rat's ass if it helps. I agree. We are America. We do not fucking torture. One of the most frustrating things about this Bush administration is that every time a reporter asked a question they didn't like, they called them a reporter a fool. And that you call us fake news and, 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 and put us down like children for asking these questions on behalf of the American people is inconsequential. Don't use anonymous sources except for the ones we send out to you anonymously. Those anonymous ones are awesome. I ain't in the tank for nobody, all right? Just get off. I'm in the, I'm in the tank for the one who's going to answer the questions. <laughs> I just thought you'd enjoy that little montage. That was uh, the boy from Fox News. And like I said, Shep Smith, what's the name? Shepard? Uh, Shepard Smith? I'm surprised he still has a job because to um, push back on the crazies. 
is not what they want to hear. You see, they don't care who you are or where you're from. If you were with them two hours ago, they will turn on you. They will turn on you so fast. Get out of line and see how fast Republicans will turn on you. And I kind of wish Democrats would turn on the fake Democrats, the Dinos, Democrats are name only, the so-called moderates who are so willing to throw their hat in the ring, people who are at this point who are willing to deal with Paul Ryan, like um, Patty Murphy, she's got too much. Uh, let's 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 compromise. She's got too much. Let's do this. Let's get. You know, at, at some point, they make you start out in a disadvantage because they drag you so far right. You can only pull back, and they never let you hit center. So you're always making a poor deal because. You don't stand for anything. You don't believe in your truth and you stand for nothing. And as long as you're doing that, we are doomed. We are we are a lost cause. We are definitely a lost cause. I'll see. <laughs> Uh, the boss wants to know about the Democratic memo. What Democratic memo? It's redacted. They've already got out in front of Devin Nunes, of all people, have come out and basically tried to tap down and tell a lie about what the Democratic memo is saying. And not one Democrat. I saw Devin Nunes and I saw two other Republicans out there talking about the Democratic memo. Not one Democrat has been talking about the Democratic memo. So regardless to what it says, they're already way ahead of them. And the Trump administration has made sure it redacted some of the things. You know, Donald Trump doesn't get, there's nowhere in the Constitution that says he gets to decide what comes out. If if the Justice Department, if the intelligence agencies, he ignored and they produced the Republican memo without redaction. I'd say let's show up in court and put that memo out unredacted because I guarantee you redactions are simply things that prove that their memo was a lie. No, I'm not too concerned about the Democratic memo because it simply reeks. It literally reeks of a lie. 
the Democratic memo may as well stay where it was. Keep it where it was because what the hell? It can only get worse. It can only get worse. Simply allow them to do what they do because we're not getting any, there's no pushback from Democrats. There's absolutely no fighting. None. And that pisses me off more than anything. The fighting of the Democrats can be measured with a small ruler. I'm seeing that my volume is down. And um, let me try to rectify. (laughs) Let me try to rectify that. Uh, You know, there's a long history of treasonous behavior. Donald Trump isn't the first Republican traitor. We've had two other traitors to this country who have been presidents. Donald Trump has got this strategy uh, for blowing up the, the DNC. And in fact, he bragged about it yesterday. He bragged about how, you know, every day he's been able to disrupt the news cycle for the Democrats. They say I'm not supposed to, to campaign while, while they're having their, their convention, but here I am campaigning, campaigning right? Um, I, I, it's like the guy can't start a sentence without I. Um, so listening to this yesterday as Donald Trump asked a foreign government, uh, you know, whether it was Russia or China or North Korea or, or Germany or France, I don't care which government it is, a candidate for one of the two major parties in the United States of America called on a foreign government to hack the computers of the Secretary of State of the United States of America. Now, Steve Israel, who uh, used to run the the C, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, I'm not sure if he still does, but I think he does. But uh, Congressman, Democratic Congressman from New York, Steve Steve Israel had this is clip number nine, had this to say about Trump. Well, that borders on treason. I mean, never before have I heard of or seen a candidate, not just for president, but for anything, invite a foreign spy agency to hack America's computers. There you go. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are shocked by this. I would like to uh, point out, and the Democrats are, are, are way too... Oh, what's the word? Thoughtful, considerate, care about the future of our nation, um, gentlemen and women, uh, whatever, to point out what I'm about to point out. But I'm telling you, if this had happened on the other side, if a Democrat had said this, and if a Democrat had the skeletons in their closet, if the Democratic Party had a skeletons in their closet that I'm about to share with you about the Republicans then the wrath of God would have come down on Donald Trump yesterday. 
So what am I talking about here? What Donald Trump did by calling for a foreign government to hack the computers of the State Department, basically, and, and Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State. What he, what he did was arguably treason. And, uh, you know, the, there's a long history in the United States of our being very upset about that. I mentioned yesterday the XYZ affair, and, uh, you know, maybe you've had an opportunity to Google it or look it up or read about it. It's actually a chapter about it in my book, uh, What Would Jefferson Do? At least there was when I wrote it. I don't know if it made it into the final book, but I remember writing the chapter. I remember reading the whole thing. It was fascinating, Jefferson's papers, where, you know, back in the, back in the, the late 1700s, they thought that, and, that the country of France was trying to mess with our elections. And uh, it just infuriated the founding generation, infuriated. But this is not new. Treason by a Republican presidential nominee is not new. Back, it started with Nixon, as far as we know. I mean, it might go back way before that, but I, I have a hard time believing that Dwight Eisenhower committed treason to become president. Or for that matter, even you know, Harding and, and uh, Coolidge and, and, and Hoover in the 1920s. I doubt that they committed treason. I think they just ran their campaigns and they got elected. But in 1968, Lyndon Johnson had negotiated peace in Vietnam, successfully negotiated peace in Vietnam. And Nixon learned about it. And the CIA was wiretapping the South Vietnamese, and they came to Lyndon Johnson and they said, Richard Nixon's people are talking via Anna Chenault, the, the representative of the president of South Vietnam, um, Richard Nixon's people are talking to the South Vietnamese and telling them, don't go with the peace deal. And Lyndon Johnson called up his, and this was just released a couple of years ago by the Lyndon Johnson Library, and no, no Democrats pointed it out, which astonishes me. I've been pointing it out over and over on this show. Lyndon Johnson called up Everett Dirksen. Those of you old enough to remember, Everett Dirksen was an honorable man. He, he, he was one of the last of that generation of honorable Republicans. He was the Senate majority leader. He, he ran the Senate, a job that Lyndon Johnson used to have. And he called up Everett Dirksen, and this was the conversation they had. Here's the latest, latest uh, information we got. The agent says that uh, she's just—they just talked to the boss in New Mexico, and that he says that you must hold out, just hold on until after the election. We know what you is saying to them out there. Yeah, we're pretty well informed on both ends. Now I'm reading their hand, Everett. I don't want to get this in the campaign. That's right. And they oughtn't to be doing this. This is treason. I know. And they oughtn't to be doing this, Everett. This is treason. I know. And then there was a whole series of conversations, and you can find them over at the Johnson Library. So, L so, so Richard Nixon committed treason in 1968 by involving a foreign government to blow up the efforts of a sitting president to bring peace to Vietnam. And had that peace happened, it would have saved some 20,000 American lives and probably a million Vietnamese lives, not to mention Cambodians and Laotian. The second one was Ronald Reagan in 1980. When the hostages were taken in Iran, Abdul Hassan Bani Sadr ran for president of Iran in the summer of 1980 and, and won. 
on a platform, as he said, as he wrote for the Christian Science Monitor, he said, I won the election with over 76% of the vote. Uh, he said, I openly opposed the hostage taking throughout the election campaign. He says, I was deposed in June 1981 as a result of a coup against me. After arriving in France, I told a BBC reporter that I left Iran to expose the symbiotic relationship between Khomeiniism and Reaganism. I told a Khomeini and Ronald Reagan had organized a clandestine negotiation, later known as the October Surprise, which prevented the attempts by myself and then President uh, Jimmy Carter to free the hostages before the U.S. 1980 election took place. The fact that they were not released tipped the results of the election in favor of Reagan. Two of my advisors, Hassan Nawab Sabivi and Sadr al-Habtazi, were executed by Khomeini's regime because they had become aware of the secret relationship between Khomeini, his son Ahmed, the Islamic Republican Party, and the Reagan administration. And this became what we refer to as Iran-Contra. We, by October, before the election, the month before the election, we were transshipping via Israel spare, spare aircraft parts, specifically tires, to Iran. And for the next three or four years, we were selling illegally, under the table, illegally, in violation of sanctions, the Reagan administration was selling weapons to Iran in exchange for them holding the hostages until the minute that Reagan put his hand in the Bible. So what Donald Trump is doing in committing treason, using a foreign government to manipulate a U.S. election, is part of a proud Republican tradition. And there you have it. Republicans' history treasonous history, the hunger of power, the hunger for power. You gaslight the hell out of America, and you collude, conspire with a foreign government. It was Nixon. It was Reagan. And now it's Donald Trump. W. Bush had his own treason going on. He pushed us into a war on a lie. And therefore, he beat the star-spangled banner drum, the patriotic narrative. He beat down the media until they capitulated to his will. And not one Democrat opens their mouth. No one stands in the breach and calls these people traitors. They didn't call Nixon a traitor. Reagan knew he could get away with treasonous behavior. And when they didn't call Reagan out. Of course, Donald Trump will do whatever he has. Peddle influence, hold Russia ahead of the United States' interests. Peddle influence around the world to enrich your family as revenge, as total revenge. And now here, here's where we are. And I'll ask everybody. I want you to, to pause just a little bit. And I'll ask you. 
Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is the silence worth the my colleagues line? Are you so friendly with these people that their dirty tricks roll off your back as they grab power and keep it and change the entire landscape, political landscape of this country? It's gotten to that point. Let me go by other other means now because I'm having volume trouble. There you go. I'm having volume trouble again. Uh, hopefully this is better. Hopefully this is a lot better. And um, I don't know what's what the answer is, but um, I can no longer use my landline. As a matter of fact, about to get rid of my landline. Uh, but you get to that point. You get to that point of can you believe that they are being allowed to get away with what they're getting away with? They've set us back. They've set this country back. You see the tariff that they're putting on um, on uh, solar panels, 30% tariff, well, has slowed the employment growth of renewable energy, and it slowed renewable energy, period. Period. But there is someone that maybe, <laughs> how do they say, riding to the rescue. And that's someone and that's something is Tesla. The story that I was searching for came up. And it was interesting because it seems to be expensive, but to change into a renewable energy of solar and battery backup for your power, to me, seems to be a no-brainer. This is... um, And I predict the fossil fuel industry will come out with both barrels blazing. Tesla has come up with, they're now selling solar roof tiles for cheaper than regular roof. (laughs) I get this. They're cheaper than regular roof tiles. So, I have to say this. And they look better. <laughs> and they look better. Solar roof tiles, Tesla solution. They're about 
21 bucks a piece. They have a lifetime warranty. They can withstand hailstones traveling at 160 miles per hour, making them three times stronger than standard tiles. Three times stronger than standard tiles. So, look for that. Generating 64000 in energy, $64,000 in energy for a 2,000-square-foot home in 30 years. That means not only will your house be powered, but you will have sold the excess power back to the utility and earned $64,000. So I just want everybody to... Uh, to, to, to be on the lookout for the, uh, the solar panels sold by Tesla. Roofing solar panels. And, um, hey, what could be a better, a better choice? What could be, what could you do right now to ease your budget? 21 bucks per tile. And 21 bucks per tile. Say it costs 1,000 tiles. Say it took 1,000 tiles. To cover your roof. These are roofing tiles. Would that invest with, would it be in worth would, would that be a worthful a worthwhile investment to power your home? Would that be a solution? I'm not going to um To get any further, any deeper into the renewable power game. But it seems that the EPA has been wiped out and being wiped out. And these are things that he told you he would do. He would wipe out the EPA, but no, Hillary was a crook. Hillary was a crook. He told you that. The Department of Education, he would get rid of. He would destroy. Everything would go to charter. They would take public money, put it into private schools. Well, there are no rules. They aren't subject to government regulations. Everything he said he would do to dismantle government, I guess, is all right because you don't have that to worry about with that lesser evil, Hillary Clinton. And I'm simply wondering how long will it take this country to regenerate 
to recover? How long is it going to take this country to right the ship, to make everyone whole? Seems like a mighty long time. Seems like a long time coming. And they're right. You won't be able to write that ship. You'll never be able to write that ship. Why? Because they will stand in the door jammed. Republicans will obstruct as soon as another Democrat goes into the White House. They move to obstruction mode in the Senate. They don't care about the House. As long as they can filibuster you and stop you in the Senate. They filibustered 309 bills of Nancy Pelosi that would have gotten this country moving forward again. But good old Harry Reid. And I blame Harry Reid, and I'll always blame Harry Reid, along with Barack Obama. And I blame them because the blame is at their doorsteps. Yeah, I voted for him twice. But now we are falling victim to him. Just a traitor, a liar. <laughs> a liar and a traitor who simply has no regard for the truth, and he brings a pack of liars with him. General Kelly is one of the biggest ass kissers going. Fourth star general? Yeah, right. Three star, whatever the hell he thinks he is. He's a coward. He's a lying coward. Damn his service. He's a Marine general. They are supposed to be about honor, integrity, and credibility. He has none of that. He's lost all of that. And yet they praise him like some Greek god nobody's ever seen and nobody's ever heard of. I simply want to say shame on the Republicans and shame on the silent Democrats. The Democrats who can't seem to find their voice, teeth off their tongues, and respond. The back and forth. The back and forth of Democrats and Republicans. But it's always the Republican narrative that Democrats are responding to. Because they have no narrative. If that's the case, they can come and hire me for six figures. I can start all of the shit they need. 
You don't have to have a high-priced gunslinger. If you got the truth, that should be enough. They've got the truth and they're afraid to speak it. We have just over just over ten minutes left. Reaching a certain level of people is a good accomplishment. People who will listen. If you don't fight these people, if you don't fight back, you will fall. You will fall. You will perish. That's why I am so adamant and so I exhibit so much vitriol towards Republicans. And people who say they're Republicans, you know, you got these around-the-edges Republicans who don't want to be looped in with Donald Trump, and now all of a sudden people like Steve Schmidt, Michael Steele, uh, what's the woman's name who does, Nicole somebody or another, she's on MSNBC, she does the 3 o'clock Central show. You've got so many of these Republicans who want to separate themselves from the rest of the Republican Party. You have so many Republicans who have dropped off, and they're retiring. They're simply taking the money and running. And you've got Americans who have discovered that, uh, who are discovering that this uh, Trump tax bill is nothing more than a huge scam. A huge scare, and they're not happy about it. They literally aren't happy about it. President Trump and the Republicans sold their slapdash effort in tax reform as a boon to the middle class. As the law goes into effect, however, Americans, most Americans, are struggling to see any benefit at all in their paychecks. What are Americans going to do when they find out, for good, I mean, that they bought into a load of crap? Even with the gerrymandering. Will they simply continue to vote for Republicans? That is the significance of demonizing and vilifying words like liberal, Democrats. That is the positive flow. That is why they do it. If you're a liberal, a progressive, a socialist, you're always trying to explain a negative. 
which means you're always losing. But they allow the negatives to continue. A survey from Politico found that 37% of employed people have seen an increase in their paychecks since the law went into effect, while 53% of the people have not noticed any change. And that's significant because this tax bill was highly unpopular. And the Republicans put their PR machine to work, and now the favorability of this tax plan is 50. The unfavorable is 49. All the public relations and what it can do. The power of money and inundating rubes and fools with lies and half-truths is turned into a real circus. Is turned into who do you trust? Who can you trust? And as Republicans continue to burn the American people over and over and over, all Republicans have to do is stick to the words, liberal, progressive, socialism, raise your taxes. These are the dog whistles, cold words, give it a name. This is what they use and how they use it. They can somehow make the murder of 17 children a positive. But time will tell. They speak about a blue wave, but now the media is talking about Democrats have to be for something. What are Democrats for? They can't just be against Trump. They've been for something That's how we got something. That's how we got Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, voting rights, civil rights, regulations, the EPA, the FAA, the F, you know, and these alphabet agencies are simply packed. A revolving door of corporate entities that have nothing to do sell us out. Oh, but then we have America now, don't we? We've got America. Regardless of whatever else happens, we've got America. And that's what's dangerous about this. We've been pushed back 20, 30 years To a time where the order of more drilling offshore. Oh, but don't drill off Florida shore. They have a scenic view, as if California does. They have tourists, as if California does. And they should be taking this administration to court to preserve their tourism.
And what's happened to my audio? Is my audio gone? Or is it just, I think it's just India. Oh, because she's disappeared from my um, from my chat room board, so it may just be India. I don't know. Blog Talk has to do something about this. They really do. I've only got a couple of minutes left. And just let me say this. All we can do is wait for Mueller time. Robert Mueller seems to be the only way out. We have to wait. So, since we have to wait, I'll simply say this. Until next week, when injustice becomes law, becomes duty. Resist. Resist and hang on. Because we have no choice. Fight the power. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government bills twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Not- Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. Listening to the Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents the Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. Expire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best of political pushback. Just dance.